Hey there, sheeple. Don't believe what the mainstream media is telling you. It's all lies. Welcome to another Rahalasad, this time with Nick Frost, his second appearance. He was one of the very early guests. Uh, There's very different tone to this particular show. Um, I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, if you do enjoy these, why not come and see one live? Go to richhang.com slash gigs. You can find out where I'm coming to. It's basically London, Birmingham, still a few tickets left, and Norwich sold out. There may be some more added uh, later in the year. I'm sure there will be. Come on, London, get booking, okay? Because um, it's going okay. And But I know you all gull hang to find out who the guests are. Tell you what I'm going to start doing. is going to put the prices up once the guests are announced. They're all going to be good ones this series. There's only 10 guests. I mean, sorry, five guests because it's only five shows. Uh, and uh, I'm aiming very high. It's worth booking ahead. So all I'm saying, richtang.com slash gigs. Go to gofasterstripe.com slash badges to become a monthly badger. Get all kinds of extras, my friends. Anyway, let's sit back and enjoy Richard Herring's Luster Per podcast with the wonderful Nick Frost. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Richmond Theatre. You're much better than last week's audience already, I can tell. Please welcome a man who is Richard Herring version 7. It's Richard Herring! I've been taught all the moves, I know what to do. It's all right, I can do it. It'll be essentially the same time. Uh, Welcome to uh, Richard Herring's Loving Solero's Thrilling Parties. I've made the piece stand for something different. That is against canon. Uh, it's a new podcast about uh, ice cream parties. It's a great thing. I was, uh, I was hanging around in the Railway Tavern in Richmond in 1994, playing the Adams Family pinball all day long on one go. One, one pound. I was very good at it. And during the mamushka, the thing told me he calls it Rahalastapa. That is, that is a very niche little reference there. For people, A, who lived in Richmond in the 1990s, and B, who have played the Adam Family pinball game, which is the greatest pinball game in the world, and I believe the greatest uh, um, achievement of humanity. <laughs> I'd go that far. It's an, if you haven't played it, go find one and play it. It's fantastic. Uh, I did spend a lot of time in Richmond in my uh, 20s. I had two girlfriends who lived... Uh, one lived in Bar, uh, East Sheen, uh, and one lived, and, and she, we spent a lot of time hanging around Richmond, and I was, she was an actress, and I was waiting for her. She was at the Orange Tree Theatre all day rehearsing, and I would just spend all day in Richmond playing Adam's Family Pinball. I was, very good. I was really good. I went into the railway tavern to see if the machine was still there. I was so sad. But if it had been there, I wouldn't be here, so you're quite lucky. <laughs> uh, then I had a mad girlfriend who uh, lived in Richmond. Thanks for that. <laughs> Ruined my life. The other one was nice. Uh, so, uh, I do look at the papers. Richmond is a very posh place, I have to say. They've got a lot of famous residents. Richard E. Grant lives here, if, you know. He lives here, but then you're not allowed to look at him when he's here. So it's fine. You see him in the street, to erase that from your memory. Uh, Mick Jagger lives here, doesn't he? Yeah, that's all. they all live here. Um, uh, Mo Farah lives here. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, there's, there's one bloke who knows. Oh, by the way, uh, if you were here last week in Richmond, what? The audience were idiots. What idiots they were. The show wasn't called Boss Cat in America. It was called Top Cat. It was called Boss Cat in the UK. So that, because there was a cat food called Top Cat, you idiots. There's not going to be a cat food called Boss Cat, is there? That's why they call him TC. Or why they call him TC? He's Boss Cat. That's, so. <laughs> also, some bad things do happen in Las Vegas. But let's move on. So, um, it's, we're here. 
We're here in Richmond. Uh, I look at the local papers often. I looked, I looked at TripAdvisor. There's nothing. No, there isn't anything to do in Richmond. I was quite surprised. <laughs> Q, that isn't in Richmond, is it? Twickenham, that's not in Richmond. There's a Richmond walk that has one five-star review, and that's it. It's going to be good. Um, you can get Brian Blessed or deliver your children <laughs> if you go down to Richmond Park. Uh, I always look at the local papers in the Richmond, whatever it is, Twickenham Gazette. Uh, the main story was Tesco criticised for filling closed, uh, closed Richmond salad bar with biscuits. That's, that's the big news. That's the kind of... They had a fresh salad bar. People weren't using it, so they've stocked up biscuits there instead. And the people of Richmond are quite cross about that. Not so cross that they're buying salad, though. They're still delighted to have the Richmond. So, like, a lot of... I go to Leicester. It's, in Leicester, it was quite difficult to pick anything out of the local papers that wasn't just someone being murdered on drugs and shot. I think like, that's it, that's Richmond for you. It's a lovely place, thanks for all the memories. <laughs> Mainly pinball-based memories. Right, my guest this week, he's probably best known for his, I meant to change my jumper. <laughs> it's been a week, I've just, I've had it dry cleaned in that time. And the t-shirt, it's been, I washed it. My guest this week is probably best known for his performance as pawnbroker Alan, uncredited, in Tomb Raider, the 2018 film. That's why we're all here. Will you please welcome Nick Frost, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Come in, sit down. Very good. How are you? I'm all right. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm very good. Hello, everyone. I'm very, very, very good. It's lovely good. to see you again. That, oh, thank you for highlighting, Alan. Yeah. How was the, how was the, how was the pawnbroker, Alan? Uh, I loved it. Of... I loved it very much. Yeah. Uh, I got to wear all my own clothes and my own glasses. <laughs> yeah. My own beard. And uh, I was in for a day. Yeah. And that's it. Why was it uncredited, the, that I didn't want to. I didn't want a credit for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just cool. I was like, okay. ah, I'm all right. I'm good. Well, I'm glad I've... I liked it. I watched yeah. it. I watched my bit yeah. and was like, yeah, I like Alan. I'd like to see more of Alan. Well, I think he sounds good. Pawnbroker Alan, it's a good name. That's yeah. why I went for it, because of the name. Yeah. I just thought he sounds like a good character. He's a good guy. I guess he was a pawnbroker. Yeah. Called, called Alan. Yeah. Did Pawn you shop any, here in Richmond. Yeah. Did you do any more research into the character than... Um, I bought and sold some um, <laughs> gold yeah. and um, some platinum yeah. and a painting. And yeah. I just felt like I knew what he was about, you know. <laughs> Um, Jamie Winston, of course, plays my wife. Right. Ray's daughter. Okay. And uh, she's, a, she's very brassy. <laughs> she helped, I think, bring, uh, you know, some, some trueness to Alan. <laughs> and um, I'm going to watch the film now. It should, great. it's great. <laughs> Cycle through to about two hours, 54 minutes. <laughs> and you'll see Alan. If it's on Netflix, I'm watching it. So um, I'm going to make my wife watch it. Um, yeah, I was saying this to you backstage. You've been on Rahula Slipper before but um there probably wasn't this kind of crazy thing going on then but um do you were the, it was the sixth number six i think you were trying to get it into the was consciousness I, trying to, of the I was audience. trying to establish it then so that's a long time since i've and that's the last time i saw you i think yeah that's the last time it was my goodness it was like, the time has passed by very quickly i generally said i'd have said that's about number 54 nick frost right number six i'd barely yeah. started i think if i'd known you were that early in yeah. I probably wouldn't have said yes. No, I can never see that. <laughs> can I have some water? Please? Yeah, no, I was, of course I was going to do I should have done you first, Nick. You're very no, right. Uh, thanks. 
Um, this, but, is, this is water, isn't it? It is water. <laughs> It is water. I'm not drinking. Are you, are you still not drinking? Have you been off drink? Are you back on? Yeah, drink? no, I'm, I'm, I'm off drink. Oh. Um, I've stopped this year, but you've been, you've been off for a little while. Uh, like two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, well, I've been listening to your fantastic audio book, which yes. is also a, a book you can read yourself if, yeah. you don't, if you don't want Nick Frost to read it to you. Yep, it's out, it's well, out now in some airports. Yeah. Why would you choose to read it yourself when you can have Nick Frost read it to you, though? That's what yes. I would say. One of the hardest things I've done as a terrible dyslexic, having to sit and read oh. your own book, <laughs> uh, which took, like, four weeks. Yeah, it's Because like... I couldn't... I had to stop after, like, an hour. Oh, really? It was too much. There's too... one bit in the middle of the kibbutz story where you're, you, it's a sentence stops and then a new sentence starts and your voice is noticeably very different. <laughs> I've been away for three weeks. <laughs> yeah, almost to the extent that it's a different person. <laughs> I thought maybe they've got, I thought it was a tape face, they brought in a different Nick for us <laughs> to finish the book. But it's good. It's a good read. Oh, it's thanks. good to have you. I, well, I think I've, I've only just got into audiobooks and that because I can't, I've got no time to read now. Right. I've got two young kids. I know you've got a young kid. Uh, well, two, you've got two kids, but one a very new one. Uh, and uh, I just have, don't have time to sit down and read. But when I walk my dog, I can, I can listen yes. to audiobooks or podcasts. Yeah. And I think they're great. I can't really listen to things in, in, in bed like that. Cause it, no. I kind of, uh, uh, essentially, when I get to that point where I'm almost asleep, I imagine there's a man in the room. <laughs> right. Because there's, a, mi- there's a, a mindfulness app that I sometimes listen to. <laughs> yeah. And because his voice is meant to be quite calming, sometimes he leaves a minute or two between words. And I've just drifted off. And then I can hear him in the room. And it really, it it takes away any mindfulness. My, my, My girlfriend is here tonight. Before we had the baby, we used to sit and listen to mindfulness in bed at night before, you know, trying to prepare ourselves. And we were laughing one night. If you've got this mindfulness thing and you're trying to relax and you could just hear him say, now prepare, just close your eyes if you can and just relax as you feel the weight of my tongue in your mouth. <laughs> it's like a really odd kind of, what, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> feel the weight of my balls in your mouth. It'd be good if it was just a very clever <laughs> yeah. seduction uh, what the fuck? <laughs> hypnotism thing. I go, yeah. I'm just coming into the <laughs> just slip. Here, don't worry. The tape will now sound like I'm in the room. <laughs> Take off I'm your now pants. I'm in the room. You could probably work out. You could buy it all online now. You could probably work yeah, out you if you've got it, where, where you are. Yeah. You've got your address, hasn't he? <laughs> terrible, terrible man, that guy. He's what a terrible man. But it's, it's, a, it's a really uh, fascinating book, I think, for lots of reasons. Firstly, and let's t- give the names so people can buy it. Truths, Half-Truths and Little White Lies. Yes. Um, awful, awful title. It's, uh, it's just shit. I was painted into a corner. I didn't know what to call it. It was like, oh, that. Makes me suspicious that some of it isn't true, Nick. That's the problem. No, well, sadly, all of it is true, yeah. I think. Well, yeah, well, I think it has to be true because it's, you know, well, it's the honesty of it is, is what is yeah. remarkable. I mean, it's yeah. sort of brutally honest. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Why wouldn't you be... I, I guess if you're talking about your own life, it seems... Uh, I don't know. If you're just going to write a bullshit... I think I'd read a few celebrity auto- autobiographies and I just kind of didn't get the vibe where they were they were moaning because their handmade brogues were slightly too tight on a red carpet. <laughs> I kind of put me off of them, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think if, you, if you're going to write about... A life, a human life. I think you should be honest about it. Yeah, and you've made a, an, again an interesting but good decision. I think 
to sort of cut off. You get to be on TV. Yes, yes, end, yes. But, but, it's, but it cuts there, so you get to 30, basically, or something like that. Yes, yeah, about, and, about 30, yeah. So it's really about your childhood and your... And, and, before you became yeah. famous and became well known, which is it, it is interesting, and some people's lives aren't interesting, but no. your but your life is I right. Mean, <laughs> it, but your life is interesting. I've, I've, I've read. Do you know um, what the alternate uh, title was? What the crushing weight of human existence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like the publicist said, hey, you, I mean, you should think about when you go on like to sell it on Graham Norton. That <laughs> it might put people off if it's. I, well, it may be. I think that would make people laugh. I think rather than actually think that oh, it can't be. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is. You know. Someone's, uh, someone was telling. Do you know Vladimir Nabokov? His yeah. His was called Speak Memory. Okay. It's like oh my god, what a fucking clever clogs. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> I well, you've got. I guess. I mean, I know you a little bit, Nick, and I didn't know anything about your childhood. And uh, obviously, that'd be weird if I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But it's you know it is it's it's pretty intense. I, I was I was handing Limmy read his autobiography to me as well yes. again through the Audible app. So he didn't come to my house, uh, and I think they both they reminded me of each other just because you don't get many sort of authentic working class voices of people who've gone through of these showbiz kind of autobiographies. Right. You don't, not many people have gone through a proper life, or, or people won't admit it. Yeah. Um. For, for whatever reasons, yeah. that's fine also, you know. But you, there's a, a, a massive dollop of tragedy in those first <laughs> 30 years. Well, in, the, in, yeah. the, in your childhood, yeah. um, which you go into in a lot of detail. So it's, it's, you know, there's funny stuff in the book. There's lots of funny yeah. stories in the book, but there's a lot of fairly harrowing yeah. kind of uh, Yeah, stories. I mean, yes, I guess. I mean, I think I'm fucking paying for it now, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's what it was, really. That's how it was, I guess. And yeah. I think you need to be able to uh, understand that and then try to come out the other side and not be a lunatic and be good and, and try and be happy as much as you can. And Which is difficult, it's hard, right? It's it is, but you, I mean, I guess oh, the thing with you, you seem such a happy-go-lucky character. Murderer. <laughs> but yeah, well... <laughs> he just seemed so... He was a comedy actor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you know, you don't sort of you don't imagine that there's a kind of there's a sort of the, you've, both your parents have died. Sure, you've lost a, a, a lot of your family. Have, have, you had a lot of half brothers and sisters yeah. who have nearly all died. Yes, they all died in the quarter quell. It's <laughs> uh, Hunger Games gag. I didn't hear it. It's fine. Um, yeah, but that's just yeah. that's their life, isn't it? That's yeah. human. Life. It is. I, mean, it's, I think it's brave to write about it and interesting to write about it. But I think it is. I think that's that's just that. There's a very similar story in Limmy's book about. Going out, smoking spliffs in the car, and the police—you know—it's yes. a very similar story. Which made, made me think about it. But both these books tell this kind of working-class life of, of, you know, of life being quite bleak and the, yeah. there being no obvious future, yeah. and just and wasting time just to just pass to the time. work out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I get. Yeah, I mean, fuck knows what I'd have done if I hadn't be, become an actor, you know, or yeah. a writer. I don't know. I mean, I think. I might have been like an, an area manager for city centre restaurants. Yeah. I might, I, might, I might be running four Garfunkels. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's, that's the top end of what I yeah. imagine I'd be doing, you know. And you might very well be very happy doing that, Nick, do you think? I think it would be really simple. Yeah. Um, I also imagine a life just in a little a lockkeeper's cottage. Yeah. Just, I hear the narrowboat toot outside and they come down and open the lock and they pass. Yeah. 
There'll be another one along in a bit. <laughs> Got Radio 4 on. That'd be quite nice. Just cry at night. You could probably do that, though. Oh, my God, yeah. I could do it. look into that. Yeah, I'd be fine with, I think I'd yeah. be fine with that. But I think I might prefer to do that than this. Yeah. Uh, I know, this is fine. Should, should we the two of us... We could just, just yeah, do, we that. do like a, a, a Mortimer and... <laughs> no, let's not film it, let's just do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just six months. <laughs> On the Grand Union Canal. Yeah. All right. Give it a go, you know, I'm just throwing stuff out there, see how we go. <laughs> I, well, I, I get the, the book's interesting a lot, so I'll talk about the book a little bit, and there's, it does throw off a few kind of uh, openings, I think. But you, t- you talk about the night um, your mum died, but I think, like, to, to the, 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 you know, the, the focus between the, the life that you were then to lead, because that is a little leap forward in time where you're out with Quentin Tarantino in, yeah. in uh, LA, I think, aren't you? Yeah, on? that night, the yeah. night my mum died, yeah. So, that, I mean, that's sort of, that's where it's, where that kind of ordinary life kind of turns into this extraordinary thing. Yeah, it was where... just weird, just a kind of weird night where, you know, I'd met Tarantino a few times and he's very nice and, and we were just off out, you know. And then my dad rang and he said, oh, he said, oh mum's not very... I, rang, I spoke to my mum. Whenever I got on an airplane, I'd always find my mum. So I spoke to her that morning and uh, she said, oh, it's snowing in the kitchen. I was like, well, is, is dad there? <laughs> And I was like, has mum fucking been drinking again? He's like, no, it's like 8am. Yeah. She was sure that it had been, it was snowing. She said, it's settling, all in the kitchen, it's incredible. I was like, okay. And then I flew to LA and we were having dinner and my dad phone said that my mum wasn't very well. And that, yeah, she kind of died that morning. Yeah. And that the snow thing was apparently, her liver, her liver had died. I don't know why I'm laughing. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, your liver dies and it kind of, it fogs your brain with yeah. weird shit. But it's you know isn't that isn't that weird that you're that you know you're out in a titty bar with Quentin it was Tarantino the weirdest yes it was kind of incredible going, I mean, you know so well there was there's this there's this bar that essentially the titty twister is based on right. from dusk to dawn in in Los Angeles and we 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 had a massive limousine for some reason like Universal said oh there's a limo here if you want it so we turned up in this limousine with Tarantino and a few of our mates guy Greg Greg Nicotero who's a director and he runs KMB Effects House in LA and me and Simon and was that, maybe Edgar was there too. <laughs> but he always says he wasn't, but I kind of felt like he was. Uh, and yeah, we turned up to this place and, you know, I, I have a, a thing where I can essentially feel danger in my asshole. Yeah. So we turned up at this place and I kind of looked at Simon as if to say... This is fucking dangerous. This is really dangerous. And we kind of went in and it was just full of, like, lunatics, <laughs> but packed, fucking hundreds of people. And then at one point, like, the security started to blow whistles and clear everyone out. And Tarantino's like, no, 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 it's not us, it's, it's, it's fine. And so they cleared everyone out so we could just have the place to ourselves. Right which was so fucking odd to me. Was, yeah, yeah. I'm not a kind of titty bar guy. <laughs> so it was just a lot of weirdness. And then like, he just gave me like $150 in dollar bills in like a roll. Right. And then he said, yeah, that's to throw at their bums. <laughs> he didn't say that, but he didn't say it in that kind of, that's to throw at their bums. Uh, but yeah, we were just... <laughs> and then at one point, they put the music on from dusk till dawn. Yeah. And instead of Salma Hayek, 
It was like a little, kind of a, like a, you know, a kind of a pretty old chubby woman put her foot in his mouth and then like poured a Tecate down her leg. It was too, it was too much. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that would ever... But he must like it, because he must have done this... this <laughs> I didn't even this think it was his first, first time, time there. <laughs> I think it could have been his... He came with $150 bills for you. He had loads of it, like a bag. Yeah. He's uh, been to the bank. <laughs> Just get in the bag. He's gone to the bank. He's going, can, I have, can you change this to a load of ones? But, but then I will mean, you make I'd them like, into like a big fold? Yeah, and ones as well. It's Quentin Tarantino, at least put fives. Yeah, oh yeah. But I th- yeah, I think... Just one I think that's lot. the going rate for yeah. a, a, well, an old bum. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to have that thing, it's like, oh, dear, I don't really want to throw it. It feels a bit mean. Yeah. I've no, I, I have never... Can't been... I put it in your bum? <laughs> <laughs> I've never been... I couldn't, I couldn't... I'd be way too embarrassed to go... Because I just think about the, the human beings who obviously want you to yes. give them their money, so it's their yeah. job. But I would be, but there's I'd a just thing feel too embarrassed. I, I think you... The, the way you feel about uh, monogamy... Yeah. Also, is the way you feel when you're there. It's like, you know, in theory, you could have a dance with every one of these girls, but there's that thing. It's like, oh, I'll stick, I'll stick with the same one because I don't want to think I'm cheating on her. <laughs> <laughs> and you think, oh, why? Why are you thinking like that? It's an odd thing. <laughs> but so that... I was glad Mum died. Um, <laughs> just, just, just to teach me not to put dollars onto a, an old chubby lady's bum. Well. It's, it's, I mean, I guess it's the juxtaposition of, I mean, and it, it, that, but that's what your life, your life is that, your life is this juxtaposition yeah. of this, um, not ordinary, because I don't think it's, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's quite an extraordinary childhood and, and, and youth, I think, but it's so different than what you do now. Yeah, yeah. And totally. so different than most people, but like nearly yes. everyone in your situation would not be. But still trying to keep that, you know, yeah, as, yeah. as a, as a basis for what, in terms of my children, yeah. is, a no- is normal, you know. Yeah. But that, having to... Then we flew home that day, obviously, from Los Angeles, me and Simon. And uh, uh, I remember having to take photographs at the airport with, with people who saw us at the airport and yeah. stuff. And then this, the best thing happened on that plane is we got on the plane, and on a 747, there's like a little bubble on top with like 12 seats in. And we got in there. It's not first class, it's like business. And we got there and we were sat and it was kind of cool and, you know, in that weird pit and trough of grief where you think, ah, you know, I mean, you're all right. And me and Simon were there and we were having a, a glass of champagne and there was a, a man in there, kind of English, in his 30s, and he was fucking horrible, just horrible. And his girlfriend was like a, a really beautiful model who was like 20 and from L.A., and they were moaning really loudly that they didn't want to sit there. They wanted to be sat in first class. Right. And it went on and on and on. And he kicked up this fuss and that. And she's, the lady was saying, there are no seats in first class. So I can't, I, I really would, but I can't. And so uh, obviously he was getting so much grief from her. At one point he stood up, he said, right, we're fucking getting off. Come on, let's go. <laughs> and he got up and she got up and they walked off and people clapped and uh, and so then we had to wait for 30 minutes while they offloaded all their shit and then we took off and like 10 minutes into the flight um, the lady who had taken the most shit from those two passengers came down to me and Simon who had been quite nice to her it's like oh god are you alright and she showed us their passports that they'd left on the plane (laughs) Uh, and we were now you know 
flying over Compton. <laughs> Fuck you, my mum just died. <laughs> but I mean, she's that. I mean, it's the, the whole book is about you trying to come to terms with your relationship with your your parents a little bit as well. But she sounds yeah. like a. I mean, the story about her. Um, Confronting the people, the kids who are bullying you. Yes, yeah. It's sort of extraordinary. Yeah, I mean, I think if my mum, I was bullied for for quite a while by these two brothers who were a bit older than me, and they would follow me. They didn't go to my school, but they saw me on the way to school and on the way back from school, and they made my life kind of unbearable. And one day they happened to bully me outside of my own house, and my mum saw what had happened, and she came thundering out and literally um, just kind of fucked the kids up a bit. She had slapped them <laughs> round the mouth and, and then she took me in. Am I telling you, is that all right? Yeah, 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 okay. no, no, do, yeah, yeah. So mum took me in and, you know, she was like, come on, you know, you can't let this happen. And, and she, she went off to make tea and as she, <laughs> she was making tea, I could see like a big woman <laughs> walking up the front path and there was a knock on the door and I went and knocked and this kind of massive Essex woman said, is your fucking mother in? And they went, yeah, just hang on one second. <laughs> and I just went and said, to, I said, no, mum, this is the door for you. And my mum opened the door and then for 10 minutes I watched two middle-aged women have a fist fight in <laughs> not just my front room, it then rolled out into the front garden where other mothers came to watch. Um, and it finished, I don't know if this is like a thing between working class women it only ended when my mother <laughs> ripped every button off of the woman's coat. That seemed to be like a thing where that was the only thing that could stop them. Yeah. If she'd left one, they would have had to have kept going. <laughs> but it got to a weird thing where, like my mum said, uh, leave the fucking... She wasn't from Essex. She said, leave the coat with me and I'll put the buttons back on. <laughs> and sure enough, my mum sat and she put the buttons on and then like... That was it. I never was yeah. never bullied again. Just honour was served. The buttons were put yeah. back on. But my old, my mum got older me as well. And she uh. said, "Don't ever fucking let someone in when they're going to come and beat me up." Yeah. <laughs> but it's but like, I've taken something from that. I've yeah, never yeah. done it. No, you never let. I never did it again. No. But what's extraordinary about it is that the other mother didn't. Uh, you know, there was no. Can you tell me what happened before we have a fight? Can you say, no. you know, there was no, like, you hit my kids, I'm coming Boom. for you. And then, and then, yeah, there it ends, and then there's this moment of honour. Yeah. That, okay, you've lost, but I'm going to do something for you yes. that will save face some. I mean, it's, it's sort of beautiful. <laughs> it's but kind it, of Mike it, Lee but it, but it, style. It, two mothers fighting for their kids as well. I mean, she's, yeah. she, the other woman's fighting for her kids. Yeah. She thinks a bit abused by some stranger <laughs> assuming for no reason though there can be no reason this has happened she's no. got mental and beaten up two kids but yeah I mean she's it, it, it's, she's quite an extraordinary woman but obviously had a, had a big drink problem yeah but then that's I mean, is this is, is the fear of of that happened to your mum is that's what is that part of the reason you've given up drinking um, or is it yeah I think so yeah. I mean I think I, I think it would be um short-sighted of me to ignore that you know uh, I've got kids and I was saying to someone the other day that you know I was very mad at my my mum for a long time to I couldn't know why I didn't understand why that she could drink herself to death and not be my mum forever you know yeah and yeah I got to get to a point now as a 47 year old man that I think I I, I kind of get it yeah. I get 
what could happen to someone where that was the most important thing in the world, even though that is the most important thing in the world, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, I don't know, let's just not... I mean, you've seen, you've seen <coughs> I think it the thought, I've got an eight-year-old, and the thought yeah. of him wearing a little suit uh, as they give my, uh, my, you know, my partner a folded-up union jack. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting a military burial. <laughs> a folded-up flag of Europe. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think that just is too much for me to think about my yeah. son. I think it's odd having children where there are these things that you love more than anything in the world and you do anything to protect them and you just want to make them happy, but just by living, you will give them the most pain possible just by passing. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of cunty. Don't have kids. <laughs> if you really love people who don't have children. Or just stay alive forever. You have to stay alive. <laughs> or stay alive forever, yeah. Forever. I mean, the, yeah. Well, it's the same, you know, my, it's not the same thing, but it's the same thing in that I, you know, I, I've, I've got two young kids and I want to I wanna be alive when they're yeah. grown up. Well, I don't, yeah. But, so I've, so, you know, I've, I've also not been uh, drinking on the head, but it's, uh, I don't know whether for, for good but or not. I was uh, what, uh, reading a thing the other, know, the other day, but just, I don't know what it was, like a quote from someone about, you know, any good father should, <laughs> this sounds whack. Uh, but when I read it, I thought, yeah, that's kind of noble. But like any good father, if you're any decent father, then you will somehow prepare your children for your own passing, even if it's... I, I talk yeah. about it a lot to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter doesn't care at the moment. That's, that's really funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> my son would care if he understood what was going on, but he's only two. But I'm trying to drum it into him. You've got a very old dad. You're probably going to have another soon. dad soon. <laughs> You won't remember me, but I love you very much. If you You're could play fine. this, play this when he's old enough. Just You're play fine. that bit of the. There'll be a box of pictures in the attic. <laughs> Mum never lets you in. It's, it's you know, but it is. It's, it's, it, the life has this tragedy behind it, which, yeah. which this book is not afraid to examine. But the, but there's lots of um, uh, funny stuff in it. I have a question that I didn't ask you last time you were on, and now I've listened to your book. If, the, if this is true, you definitely have a quite a good answer to this art question. Have you ever seen a ghost, Nick Frost? Uh, okay, well, uh, I think I've felt, <laughs> I've fe I felt one. I can't yeah. say, yeah, I saw a ghost. But my auntie Melanie, who I think is probably a vampire, <laughs> um, I, when I kind of ran away from my mum at points when I did when I was like 15... I'd always go and stay on my Auntie Melanie's couch. Um, and I think she's like a conduit of some kind. Um, and it, I, in her front room, I would feel them. And I think I'd even go, I don't know if I can get this, but I used to we'd have, you know, drink tea all day and stuff and smoke fags and then she'd go to bed and that I could hear the cups moving on the, uh, on the table. Okay. And it, yeah, it was awful, just literally terrifying. But there was a, a daughter living in that house who slept. Yeah, there was, yeah. But my, do you not think she was sleepwalking and moving the glasses around? Well, even that's pretty scary, isn't it? <laughs> it's not as, not quite as scary. It's not as scary, sure. But, <laughs> no, I mean, granted, it's not as scary. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. My mum's my mum's like one of eight sisters and they're all fucking a bit, a bit, you know, I think they sense things. Yeah. <laughs> I think they sense higher bullshits. Right. <laughs> Let me ask you some emergency questions for, for reals. I will ask you this one. Uh, I'm asking everyone at the moment. I'm obsessed with this question. Um, 
If you could go to any art gallery or museum in the world and take one exhibit home with it and own it for yourself, what you can allow one thing from any museum or art gallery and you can have it, what would you what would you take? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Now you have to think of what you would like. Okay. To. Can I sit, can I come back? No, you can. Oh, maybe see like what... an Anthony Gormley, one of those yeah. uh, things, like the. <laughs> One of the men. His, his metal hymns. The metal hymns that stand on top That's of buildings cool, right? and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. quite nice. Where would you, would you just put that in your bedroom? Yeah. Have your mindfulness tape gone? Yeah. Imagine that guy saying. I'll just, pop, <laughs> I'll just pop him in next to my girlfriend and, <laughs> and she can feel that there's someone there. It's, 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 you know, a human form. Yeah. Well, on a similar note, is, do you believe that having sex with a robot is cheating on your partner or do you think that should be no. allowed? No, you're allowed Unless to... Unless it's sentient. Yeah. I mean, is, cheat, is a fleshlight cheating? Well, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't think... I don't think... I fucking hope it isn't. <laughs> um, well, what if, the, if it's a very real... It depends real... if the lid you use is ex-girlfriend's mouth. <laughs> if you had one specifically made... Yeah. Then I feel like that kind of would be cheating. Yeah. But what if it's just a very sexy person that you, you know, an actress that you've never been out with, that you've what, made... You, a, you could make Like that. Gemma Chan, if Gemma Chan was made into a <laughs> sex robot. My wife wouldn't let me have sex. When I said, would you mind if I had a sex with a sex robot that looks like Gemma Chan, she said she would mind. She wouldn't mind. She would mind. She said she would consider it cheating. Whereas what I if argued it didn't just... have skin on? <laughs> what if it was just the metallic bits with a, with a, a working anus? <laughs> but it, that doesn't seem so bad, right? That seems more palatable. Yeah. We say a working anus. Um. <laughs> that was the worst possible tone. Well, just just one way. Yeah. Okay. Just the one way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd give it a go. But that doesn't seem so cheaty, does it? it it seems more of a punishment, the skinless metal robot with just an anus. Yeah. That's a punishment. I That's think... another chapter in my book. <laughs> uh, and I, the story of you losing your virginity is quite, it's, you know, it's, it's fairly bleak. Yes, I kind of forgot that I put that in there. Yeah. Comments. And now regret that I Do did. Do you? Okay, is that one of the things you... No, it, it, no I mean, if it's there, then... It's... Yeah. It's, we're, I think we can actively chat about it. Yeah. I think it was only uh, years and years later, like 30 years later, that someone said that, hey, perhaps that wasn't right. Right. <laughs> that I thought, oh, yeah, you're right, I was right. Well, so basically, you were seduced by a teacher yes, on a yeah. field trip. Yes, yes. A female teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not homosexual. <laughs> uh, yeah, just weird, just a weirdness about it. But and... it's, weird. it's weird because, so you're 16. Or... Yes, yeah. it was my birth, my 16th birthday. But, well, happy birthday. Thank you, Mazatov. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird because if, uh, happening that way around and especially I think probably at that time it wouldn't have even been seen as it, yeah. child abuse but it's, she was a like 38 year old yeah. teacher yes I mean it was odd too because there was kind of boyish chat about it with the male you know with the sports masters and stuff yeah. you know it was it just felt it felt kind of whack but you just it, it seemed to have a it didn't see, you know, if, if everyone's joking about it, then it must be fine, yeah. right? 
You know what did I mean? everyone burst in on... There was, there was, she was sick. It was on a boat, yeah, yeah. It was on a tiny canal boat as part of a kind of ju- like a journey, like a trip that we'd go on every Easter with a canal club. Um, yeah, I was a member of the canal club. <laughs> uh, yeah, and just... Birthday, too drunk to go back to my own bunk and it just kind of, kind of got pulled into hers and then, like, the second it had finished, she vomited everywhere really loudly. How the fuck I've got kids is... <laughs> Yeah, and like break. everyone then rushed in to try and clean it up, and but it's sort of it's so weird. <laughs> it's, but I think, like, really but I think in the you know in the eighties, it happened all the time. I think I think I've met, I've met so many people, mainly women, I have to say. So congratulations on being a guy, a guy who's managed to do it. That's the problem. Is there's that element of well done, son, yes, which yeah. is not really. I don't really mean. Um, but so many people, so many women who've had affairs with teachers at school. Yes, uh, yeah. So, like, I think it just happened and everyone, ah, oh, that's, that's part of it. It's the holidays and then you get to fuck yes. some of the six, 17-year-olds. <laughs> yes. It's fine. It's the 1980s. Come on, it's, it's fine. Yeah. No one's ever going to change their minds about that. Watch Kez. Put Kez on. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, it's sort of, it, it, it's, it's sort of matter-of-fact in the book. But you don't, yes. You don't really go into that, but it is. Because it was fucking weird. The whole thing was yeah. weird. Uh, yeah, I mean... I, can't, I literally can't even say it without wanting to... Um, it's just because it's weird. It's very odd. And, yeah. Um, you know. No, no, fair enough. Is everyone here? Is anyone here still? Yeah. Yes. They're, they're all, uh, you know, nice people, it seems. <laughs> you think that having a teacher having sex with the people is somehow wrong? Yeah. If that is wrong, then... <laughs> glad I didn't become a teacher. Um, yet. <laughs> you've got, also, there's, there's, there is this side to you talk about very early on in the book and then again later you talk about you punch, you know, you punch walls and hurt yourself and yes. stuff. so you've got this there is this it's a, a, a Celtic twilight yeah yes. I mean, there's the sort of thing I don't like but you punch you know to avoid in, to, you know, to you know frust, vent your frustrations yes. which is a better way of doing it than punching someone murdering else murdering someone yeah Yes. Uh, have you murdered someone? <laughs> if you want to no. tell me, no, about because it I don't need to. No, you don't, because you but you like just properly fucked yourself up. So the, the day before the filming of Paul, you yes, smashed your hand up. Oh my god! So, so you couldn't like use your hand in the film, idiot. Yes, uh, yeah. We I lived in New Mexico, and and the the walls of the pueblo we were living in <laughs> were like eighty foot thick. It was just like ridiculous, and just yeah. like an idiot, I hit this wall and um, heard the noise of like a a raw roast chicken being filleted in its flesh, in, in, in its, you know. And then just said, oh, I'm fine, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and ended up, it, it, this fell out here. Uh, so it was like down here. Yeah. So I put it in and I gaffer taped it in place. Yeah. And then I woke up at 3 a.m. and there were uh, cubes of black meat sticking out in the bits of gaffer tape that I... Um, <laughs> And then having to drive myself to hospital at 3 a.m. Yeah. And the hardest thing I've ever done in the world, um, the hardest thing, is trying to put a seatbelt on single-handed. <laughs> couldn't, just couldn't get it over myself. And so had to drive with the incessant dinging of the alarm <laughs> going off. Yeah, so as a result, that was the... We started shooting Paul at 11 a.m. that morning and I got back from the hospital at 7 a.m. and... Uh, that was the last time I ever really yeah. did it. Yeah. Just a fucking idiot. You, know, you just get to a point you think, what are you doing? You know, what? 
I think I'm getting, as a 46-year-old man now, I think, <coughs> excuse me, there are lots of times where you're just thinking, what are you fucking doing? You know, yeah. But I think everyone, that's why I read the book and just thought, you know, there's stuff about your relationships in your 20s. I just remember that time where you're sort of having these relationships with people, but, not, you know, they're, you're... They're not going. They're never going to work, and they're not appropriate. No. And you're in love with the wrong people. And it's just that was. I just really that resonated. You know, the, all the terrible relationships you have yeah. in your twenties, and all the stupid things you do. Yeah. Uh, as a young person, and there, you know, you, you're full of these emotions. And I think with with you especially, you've got so much to deal with in your life that you, that, you know, I don't. I think you maybe were. You know, it's, it's, it's to do with all this yeah, stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, it is. yeah, absolutely. So it's um, no, it's 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 really a, a fascinating. Because um, I, I, you know, I think at that point in my twenties, uh, late twenties, early thirties, I'd kind of essentially, uh, I hadn't spoken, I didn't see my mum for seven years. Yeah, I essentially left home when I was really young, and then, you know, I think that was all part of that. Yeah, just falling in love with the wrong people, and I remember the amount of time Simon had to kind of. Say, what are you all right? What are you like just really crying at like seven o'clock on a Sunday night, just in my pants in the back garden? Yeah, just singing along some REM song because some fucking idiot just left me, you know. But you know, I think you but that's free, everyone, it, right? It everyone knows those. Well, it is, you know, not exactly that, but it's every, it's, it yeah. is, you feel things so strongly and things seem yeah. so important, and you know. It's sort of so weird, isn't it? Because you think like 20 years is not really that long in number no. of days, but how, how your life changes in 20 years yeah, is, is it's, extraordinary. It's funny now, as a, as a you know, mid-40s kind of man, that I just think about how busy my mind was then as a 25-year-old and thinking that everything I did mattered to everyone else or it had an effect on everyone. It had this knock-on and like that and so-and-so is going to have the ump and just just fucking busy you know and now I'm as a 46 it's still there as a certain in a certain way but it's a lot doesn't get dressed that voice doesn't get dressed yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. it's much more sedate in terms of no one gives a shit yeah <laughs> you know I know they do but it's not like it's like no, I don't it's... care as much about things that when I was that age, I thought would never not matter to me. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's sort of, and you know, there's, there's, there's moments in this book where you're d very depressed and where you're very at cross and when you want to kill, you talk about driving a tree into Richmond Park. Yes, the death into, tree. Driving into a tree. If you'd done that, yes. do you think that tree would be like the Mark Boland tree in Barnes? <laughs> <laughs> There'd be loads of space years. DVDs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think it would yeah, be. Yeah, I think it would be too. Mark Boland... Has done very well. I mean, it's very sad he died, yeah. but he's done very well to, to yes. get that tree. It's still maintained to this day. It is. Although some, sometimes when I drive past it, yeah. I think I can see how it happened. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. there's that little bend there and is. it's this is wet, you know? Yeah. Imagine in an old, what was it, an old Porsche he was in, or old Mini or something. Mini, I think he was in. From... Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, doing 70 or 80, you know, mouthful of quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> wet, slightly wet. Yeah. Yeah. You could have made a tree really famous. <laughs> if I had to make one tree really famous? Yeah, you could, if you, you know, if you had, you could have done that. You could have made that, prefer, that tree. I prefer that to your question about what art I take over. <laughs> yeah. If you had to drive into any tree in London. <laughs> Which one would you choose to make a shrine to you? <sighs> There's a really nice one in Shepherd's Bush. Is there? Yeah. Like a really, in the summer I look at it sometimes and I think, God, it's fucking amazing. It's just beautiful. Do you remember when you were a kid and you used to get that play set? It was essentially 
a tree and you could open the oh yeah open the boughs and yeah. there was like it's exactly like that tree okay whereabouts in shepherd's bush because i used to um it's between chiswick and shepherd's bush okay. if you have to take that route okay it's really beautiful okay I'll, go, I'll look out for it next time i'm on the way home i don't live there anymore now so <laughs> Well, let's take a cab afterwards. We'll... Okay, we'll have a look at it. Well, Why don't that... we take a cab and drive into it together? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then it can be both of us. Okay. And then we can work out who had the most. Okay. From heaven, we look down and see who got the most uh, tributes yeah. <laughs> stuck to I the tree. I was wanting to do this longest. thing that you have your funeral before you die, so you could see who yeah. like you. Yeah, that'd be nice. Should we it's do that? Waste. Well? Let's, let's do the lock keeper thing first. Okay. Then we'll do the funeral and see which gets the and best the, funeral. And then, and then, the then we'll thing. drive into the tree. <laughs> okay. Okay. If you want, we could take separate cars and come from each end. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck it. I mean, why not? Yeah, okay. Why not? We're both old men now. We're going to die anyway. Let's talk about what's going on. Because it's 2012 last time you were on, so lots of things have gone on since then. Uh, and there are, I, I'm sort of interested in, well, Truth Seekers. Yes, that's happening right now. Is I'm it? filming it as we... Yeah, not as we speak. Obviously, that would be weird. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I've got like a very early call tomorrow, but oh, it's very, it's a lot of fun. It's a, yeah. about a, a, a group of ghost hunters. Right. Um, but that's their sideline. What they actually do is install um, broadband. <laughs> uh, but while they're doing that, you know, sometimes they'll solve a mystery. Yeah. It's like Scooby-Doo and I, CSI. I was going to say, Scooby-Doo. It's great. Yeah. We're having a, a lot of fun. It's taken, I've got to say, the writing process um, was fucking awful. Right. And I just... Let's talk about it the next time because it will be in the book. <laughs> in the next book. Just terrible, just a terrible thing. And, uh, you know, everyone walked off the job. Right. Even me, even though it's my job, I, you know, walked out just infuriating and crazy. Well, I got, a, I got a direct message from you about a year ago saying, would you be interested in coming and working on something? And yes. I said, oh, yeah, I might be free. And then I never heard from you. It again. wasn't that. It, it wasn't was, that. Okay. No, it, was about, <laughs> it was about the. Uh, Having your funerals before you die. <laughs> uh, but now we got to the shooting of it, and it's this is the good bit. Is Simon, is Simon? Is it you and Simon? He is, but he's yes. I mean, I think whenever we're kind of connected slightly because our company's producing it. Yeah. They people are like, yeah, let's tell it. It's the Nick Frost and Simon Pegg's new thing. But it, I mean, it is in as much as we're making it. But I think we're in like eight scenes together. Okay. Which is six scenes more than anything we've done for a while. Which yeah. Is fun, and they're fun scenes. But yeah, it's nice. Shooting is the best bit because it's. Everyone is having a laugh and it's difficult and terrifying, but, but, but fun. And the food do, you find, do you find writing harder as time's going on? Or? Uh, no, I think, I'm, I think I'm getting better at it. Right. I think I know more words. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's I know it sounds it simple, yeah. but I think I, you know, I know where they go. Yeah. Uh, I'm enjoying it more. I think once you have your own, you know, I've written a book, for fuck's yeah. sake. So... I think for a long time, I didn't imagine that my voice mattered or the way I put words together was right. But I think as I'm getting older, I'm like, yeah, it is, it is right, you know. Yeah. Well, you always wanted to be a... I always wanted to be a writer, a novelist, you yeah. know. But I look at, you know, Hunter S. Thompson or... Uh, you know, you wouldn't look at him and think, oh, yeah, you'd think, hey, he's a fucking lunatic. But it's just, <laughs> that's... You find your niche, I guess, right, yeah, yeah. As, a, as a writer, as a human. yeah. And uh, Captain Pugwash, is that happening? Well, listen, I think we had a problem with um, uh, the Chinese investors that drew out of oh, really? the project. It's odd because they kind of, they come to you with a thing and the script was great. Yeah. And they say, hey, we've got 80 million Chinese dollars. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is good, you know, we make the film. And, but it's all about 
they, they, you know, I think with the best will in the world, trying to make enough money back on an investment where I play Captain Pugwash, <laughs> it's never going to happen. Uh, well, it's a weird choice because I think, uh, why, I don't why think do you it was a world. Was it a worldwide phenomenon? No, I don't think it and, was. And it's quite a long time ago. Yes. So it's only people like my age. Yeah, agreed. Do you remember Captain Pugwash? You probably just yeah. about remember yeah. it. Yeah, so a little bit younger than me. Who remembers Captain Pugwash? Yeah. You're, all, you're all old. Uh, so, yeah, it's quite a, it's quite a niche. To it is. You would be very good. Yeah, I even practised the... Did you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, don't know, I know, these things come, come back round. round. He, last year they phoned say, hey, we're on. I'm like, okay, cool. So, uh, you know, it would be fun to make. Yeah. Ah, oh, I, I wanted to. Make. And um, what about Svalta? Svalta, yeah, it's a horror film uh, set on a tiny Swedish island. Yeah. So I'm kind of writing that now. Uh, with the aim of, I'd like to shoot it next year if possible. Uh, be a small crew and head off to some island and, and make some fun, you know. Yeah. So it's about serial killers or a serial killer on an island? Yes, a, a family, a British family go and hire a B&B on a... On a an, an awful things happen while they're there. And comedy, really? Is it com mainly comedy or just slasher? I think, uh, I think comedy in as much as people are funny. Yeah. <laughs> but not killing, you know. Killing. Well, you know, killing can be funny. You've, you've, killing's been funny depends in some of your other films. It depends who you kill. Adam Buxton you killed, that was funny? That was a funny death, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm going to ask you another emergency. I'll go old, okay. sc old school emergency question. Um, there's been a lot of gaffer tape in these two weeks, hasn't there? That's that's what that's that's what I've noticed. Um, oh, let's ask you this because I've got loads that you because you, you were so early on. I haven't asked you. If this asked, is about me coming in my own mouth, it isn't. Okay, well. that's the only one I've asked you. Okay. So I'm not asking that again. Uh, if you were going to be put in a human centipede with two other people, yes. But, uh, and I like the fact that I don't have to explain Can what I you say, said. Can I say, I've had exactly this. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the middle. Oh, okay, fine, yeah. Well, you, that's the only stipulation you have to choose who's at either end of you. You can have anyone you want. The <sighs> mad scientists allowed you to choose. Okay, I'd have Boris behind me. Okay. Johnson. And I like a girl that didn't eat much okay. in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Or a boy that didn't eat much. Okay. And was that a question you thought you were going to get asked about it? No, what I think you're asking you... what would my what ideally would be my position. Okay, where would you like to <laughs> I'd be? I'd want to be at the front. Yeah. I, honest to God, if I was at the front, I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. I wouldn't see any downside <laughs> to being in a human centipede. It'd be restrictive. Sure. I mean, the others would die, presumably, yeah. fairly quickly. Then, but they would... As long as you're at the telly. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be all right. Or you get into a little, eventually, right? little cart. Yeah, they would. I just—I mean, to what extent do you can wriggle out of the stitches? With enough wriggling. I don't know. Maybe. I think once they start to rot, then perhaps you could. And can you pick? Have you got your front, your front hands? You have are, your hands. Yeah, you can yeah. just nip back. That's yeah, terrible. That's a chapter in the book. <laughs> 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 of course, once Mum died, I became a human centipede. <laughs> It's very sweet about you and Simon. I'm sure we talked about you and Simon before, but there's this uh, bromance. Sure. I mean, it's, a, it's as close to being a, a love story as it between two men who aren't yeah. having sex yeah. with each other, presumably, most yeah. of the time. Yeah, at that point. I mean, that yeah. was 30... No, it wasn't 30 years ago. It was like 25 years ago, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, relationships must evolve, I think. Yeah, well, it's, you know, I know, I've been in some double acts and it's very hard to, you know, maintain that friendship yeah. through, the, through the intensity of working. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've done it by 
being separate a lot the yeah. last kind of five, ten years. I think we we text and, and that and you know, I think having a company and then seeing each other in the office and having a good laugh, I think you think, okay, that, that felt nice, you know. Yeah. That, there it was. Yeah. And maybe that's enough, you know. I think your your focus changes onto children and you know, he's not my child anymore. I'm not no. his child, I have my own children. Yeah, I mean, you've both been very successful, but, like, in quite different directions yeah. as well. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. It's, uh... No, it's all right. <laughs> I don't know. See what happens if I go quiet for a second. <laughs> it's crushing, it's crushing. <laughs> but you, you shared beds and... Shared... Yeah, we did, yeah. yeah we shared bed. Uh, we shared... Because he slept on my floor for ages next to my single bed. And then <laughs> it was cold one night, and so he got in. And then it got to a point where we'd, we'd sit up in bed next to each other, reading a big book about Christmas. And like he'd have one page and I'd have the other and we'd be... Or sometimes it was the Guinness Book of Records or uh, a book about famous hauntings. Yeah. Uh, and then it was just like, we switched the light off, oh, well, no, night. And then, like, we topped and tailed for a bit. And then in the end, I think for nine months, we shared a single bed. And never... There were only a couple of times in the morning when I... We woke up and I didn't know where he ended and I began. <laughs> uh, it felt, didn't feel wrong, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite, you know, it's a head, you're more hedonistic than I was. I was very scared. Of, I never took drugs really at all. Yes. I, you obviously were quite different to me in that respect. Yeah. You took quite a lot of drugs. A bit, yeah. I think I was... <laughs> I found something I was good at. Yeah. <laughs> uh, were you ever because I was too scared to do it but was it just the, the escape element from life uh, it was, was about finding a place where you could be it was like it was, we used to call it the white room yeah and it was a place where if you could take enough drugs you would literally just open a door into this place and it would be fine and nice but it was sort of the music culture as well so you were into raves yeah acid techno yeah. hard house yeah and that's a love that still stays with me today you know acid yeah. techno and hard house so we have Decks at home and the kids love it. But my girlfriend doesn't really. <laughs> uh, she likes it a bit. She puts up with it more than I think a, a lot of girlfriends would. Right. But like Sunday, we have to think of the rinse up. Right. So it's like an hour where we just smash it up and the kids like it. And yeah, but after like a bit of, but after about an hour, then she'll come over and just turn it down a bit. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's fine. I like it. Yeah. But that's like the drug. I mean, there's, you talk about in the book about like a weird thing where you were puking up brown. Black. Yeah, black foam. It was weird. Yeah. What? Where? I just. I think in where in the body does that come from? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I woke up like we went to this club and was packed. There was like a time as well where there was a theory that the government were infiltrating hard house events and giving everyone snide pills, so the scene would eventually fizzle out. Right. Uh, and then, like, this club was packed, and then, like, people started to get sick. And then I started to puke black, black foam up everywhere. <laughs> and then I didn't know what happened. And I woke up, and uh, the, it was really early in the morning. And I was sat on a beach, and the sea was in front of me. And I, next to me, I had three books by Solzhenitsyn. <laughs> and I don't know how I got there. I don't have any recollection. Uh, and... Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah. That was this morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's that, that kind of point you think, oh, was that good or was that frightening? I don't know. Yeah. 
It's, I mean, you know, it's, it's, I sort of, I'm, I'm always surprised that people can take loads of drugs and still function and have, you know, any kind of job. But a lot of, obviously, a lot of showbiz people manage to, yeah, a lot of actors especially manage to um, get through life by, you know. Yeah, but I think there's that, you know, you wouldn't take tons of mushrooms then go on set. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's, it's tempering what yeah. you're doing to how, how you, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. And do you, do, you, do you get any, is there any uh, bad, you know, being so honest about your drug taking, does that, do you get any kind of... No, uh, no not really. I suppose people don't, it's you, isn't it? I think it? when you hide it, that's yeah. when people want to go after it, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe, I don't know. It's sort kind of, of like... a bit honest. And I think there's more to, I think when you hide something, then it's, 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 it's more of a fall, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Right, but if you're just... This is it. This is who I was and who I am. Then, mum, <laughs> uh, mum's spirit knocking a glass. She, so. she would always yeah. knock a glass. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I don't know, you know. But that's there. You know, that was you, I was a younger man, and yeah, I think you have to change and evolve and get better. And and then as a fa- as a father, though, knowing your kids are going to read that book, is that yes a worry? Uh, I don't know if if they read that and weren't that. Then I think I that I think I'd be cool with that. I think if they could read it as a warning <laughs> to others, yeah, that you know it, it can happen very quickly and it can be out of your control very quickly and you can end up kind of broken. Then I think I'd be all right with that. I mean, the truth is, like most people, come through it like absolutely, absolutely fine. You know, yeah, and and you know, hitting it hard for years and years and years. And not, no massive repercussions Absolutely. of any kind. Totally. And so that, that's sort of where it becomes, you know, then now as a, as, a man, as a man who was terrified by all the stories as yeah. a kid, so didn't touch anything, yeah. you kind of go, oh, so actually I probably would have been okay. <laughs> so thanks yeah. a lot, Mr. But then I look at, you know, I look at what alcohol did to my family and yeah. I think, well, that, that, that was, al- you know, alcohol. That was, yeah. you know, so I don't think there's any, I think it's all bad, really, if you want to, you know, but then I have that kind of weird thing. I think athletes die at 25. You think, yeah. so maybe it is so fucking random. Why not? You know? Yeah. But then my girlfriend's like, what are you fucking talking about, you idiot? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, let me turn I the, mean, quite a few people do I'll turn die. the rinse up down. Quite a few people do die. But it's, I think whenever don't someone... Don't take drugs, kids, is what I'm saying. Don't date Whenever through, someone don't take y- younger than me dies, yeah. I'm kind of happy. <laughs> Part of me thinks, I fucking did it. <laughs> I know it's wrong and churlish, but... That's a victory for me. It is. Well, like, you know, I was, I was talking to Tommy Tiernan about Sean Hughes, and uh, now I'm older than Sean Hughes right. got to. This will, yeah. yeah. Yeah, take that, Sean Hughes. Thank you, Sean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as well as being very sad. Yes. <laughs> but there's all, you know, it's, it's, I, I've always thought about death, though. I've always kind of been obsessed with death, to the extent that getting to be 52 years old, you kind of think, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. You know, again, while I was worried about it, I thought I'd be dead at 32, and now I'm 52. Yeah. And I'll probably fucking live to 80, knowing my luck. <laughs> Why did I... Yesterday, I was, I was thinking, I'm 46. Then I thought about, like, how laughable it was that I'd become 77. Yeah. And then I got a kind of steal, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to live till I'm 77. <laughs> thinking, that's kind of possible. And then thinking, that's only 30 years. Yeah. It's not well, long. Don't, with that, so look, it's 20 years since uh, space. That's what's this yeah. week was, as we're yes. doing this. That 20 years has gone fast, right? I mean, it's slow uh, and fast, but yeah, a lot's yeah, happened. Really but, quick. And so, like, another 20 years. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. yeah. And then another 10 and then you know. And the tree. Yeah. Drive into the tree. <laughs> the tree. The tree will be so lovely then. <laughs> Um, so what, let's, we're going to have to wrap up quite soon, okay. unfortunately, but thank you so much. And, I, and I'm con conscious you're going to get up early and go to film your show, so uh, I don't want to keep you up too late. But it's been so lovely having you. I'm um, sorry what's, if it still seemed very miserable and stuff, but it's just... No, no, well, it's, I think it's, it's fine, because we had... These people were most, mainly here last week as well, and they, we had... <laughs> we kind of had an upbeat one from someone who's never had anything uh, bad happen uh, in his life. Okay. And, uh, no, but, I, but I, I, that's why I think this is interesting because that's why the book's great and do buy the book and listen to the book or read it yourself if you, if you don't want Nick to why wouldn't you want Nick to read it to you I just think um, I don't know I think part of the book and, and me as a person is that it's alright you know you can come, yeah, yeah, come but through that's, that it is, it'll and be fine I don't want to talk you know I don't give it all away but yeah. the, the ending is nearly bleak and then very uh, yeah right and so it, and, it, and lovely it's a lovely ending there's a big, big bit in the middle about you going to a kibbutz yeah. which is you know there's higher part I had to fill it with something <laughs> 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 it was that or stories about Bill Nye or you know. it's, but it's interesting as well I think that that whole thing of what people did with their with that time yes and how how, how those it reminds you know I had a year off or a gap year uh, at between and I, and I went and did Camp America and, yeah. right, and Europe and stuff and I, you know some people went on kibbutzes and I wonder what that's like yeah. and you explain what it's like you know a bit of some mortar attacks and yeah <laughs> uh, cleaning shit up yeah a, yeah no, it's, it's very good. It's an excellent book. So do, uh, listen to what, what can we expect? What's coming up very soon then? So this show... Oh, the, Truth Seekers and yeah. then... Just tons of stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing a thing uh, for HBO with Joss Whedon called The Nevers uh, about a group of uh, women in Victorian London who suddenly get powers. Okay. And I'm paying some kind of psychopath, which is good because I've never really paid it. I think you're going to... I know that, like, the, because your dad, yeah. his business went down and, and at a crucial time and that kind of broke him. Yes. And, I, you know, Let's more than something. <laughs> but, well, but you have that fear that... Every day, yeah. yeah. I just need to You don't not need be to there. have that fear is what I'm okay. saying. Oh, well, thank you. You know, that's I nice. think you're going to be okay. You think? You think? Yeah. I, I, mean, think you, I, think you've, I think you're pretty set up. I think if push came to shove... Yeah. There is some celebrity shit I could do yeah, I think that would pay enough just to keep me. Yeah, you can come on this every week in LSD yeah. for a month. If, you, if you're really struggling, you can come on this every week. And I could play a character. I sweep up behind you and you say, <laughs> "Hey, what are you doing? Uh, let's work on it. We'll work on it. We did a lot, keeper, but not. No one's filming it. It's not documented no. in any way. No, but then people just have to imagine. And we we what have to share like. a bed. <laughs> yeah. I'd definitely read okay. the Guinness Book of Records. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, you know, I, I'm really glad I read the book. I'm really fantastic to see you again. Ladies Thank and you. gentlemen, Thank you very much. the amazing Cheers. Nick Frost. Thanks. Thanks. You have been listening to Rahalaskapa with me, Rich Tang, and my guest, Nick Frost. Thank you to Pest for playing the music as usual. Thank you to everyone at the beautiful Richmond Theatre, to everyone at ACAST, British Comedy Guide, and Go Faster Strike, including Chris Evans, not that one. Thank you to my producer, James Hingley, to my uh, series producer, my destitute Ben Walker, and my executive producer, Lord Paragon, who literally, I mean, he's a paragon already, and then he's been made a lord, so... Fuck me, he's high up in the echelons and he did a brilliant job with the executive producing this time, I'm sure you'll agree. This is a Fuzz Go Faster Stripe and Sky Potato production. Go to rahalastapa.co.uk to find out more. 
uh, richardhane.com slash gigs to find out if I'm coming to near your area and gofastandstrike.com slash badges to become a monthly badger help us make even more podcasts we love you my fan friends